0: right, here we are, wrapping up the final week of Back to Basics. And uh, for those of you that haven't been with us, we encourage you to check out all the other ones online. We have them on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, however you follow along, you can find them there. But we've been in the series Back to Basics because we've been saying it's so important for us to make sure we have good foundation. We we get back to the basics of God's foundations. You know, many times in Paul's teachings, uh, he would write to different believers and churches, and he would say, Hey, I know that you already know this. I know that you got this basic. You've heard it before. I know that you know this, but it's good that I remind you because we're just people that forget stuff. We forget the basics. We forget the simple things. You know, we say this all the time. The largest gap in the world is between what we know to do. And what we actually do. We all know we should do this better and that better and this better, but, but actually getting ourselves to do that. And so we as a church want to say, hey, what are some of the basics? What are some of the foundations that, that we got to make sure we're standing on before God can build us up high? He's got to build us deep. We got to have a good foundation. And so that's what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks and excited to wrap it up with this sermon today. Uh, this one might not be the most theologically most popular, you know, like if someone were to predict like, Hey, what's going to be the basic sermons he's going to do? Uh, most people probably wouldn't say this, uh, but I would say it this way. If I had like five topics to sit down with a new believer, or maybe somebody new to ministry, someone's going to step into ministry and follow God's call on their life, or or you just become a new believer. And someone said, "You, you, there's only five things you can share with that person. This would actually be in my top five. Uh, This right here, what we're going to talk about is so vitally critical and important to how we walk with the Lord. And so today I want to talk to you about the the basic, the foundation, the, the simple truth that this is this. God works through change. Change is God's idea. Uh, God is a God who works through seasons and time and change. Anytime God's going to do anything in your life, he's going to do it through change. Uh, we look at the way that God even just set up uh, the laws and principles that we live in. Uh, we see that God is a God who works in seasons. As a matter of fact, Ecclesiastes 3.1 begins to show this to us. It says this, it says, for there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. It's God's idea to to work and develop and move through change in our life. And so we see that that God works, um, I would say it this way, God works through tempo. God works through cadence. God works through rhythm. There's like a thing that God takes us through. And so it's important for us to say, okay, Lord, I know you work through season and change and time. I'm willing to let you do that in my life. Amen. Uh, I wrote it down like this. We see that even God's design about the way that the world works is a picture of how God works through season. Uh, We see that the, the tide goes in and out. There's change to the way that literally our water works. There's tide. We see that there's sun and moon. The sun rises and then it sets and the moon comes out and then it leaves us. We see that there's seasons to our year. We see that God made spring, summer, and fall. And then we see when Adam sinned, the winter came. But God's idea in the beginning with spring, summer, and fall. He works through seasons is, is, is an intentional thing that God does. We also see that flowers, of course, bloom, but then they also wither. We see grass greens and then grass fades. God is a God who works through change. Are you with me today? And so God is a God who's trying to get us to see that change is a good thing. We see all throughout scripture. Anytime God ever used somebody or advanced somebody, I guarantee you it started with change in their life. Everybody in this room wants to be advanced for God. Everybody everybody in this room wants to say, God, I believe that you can do more in my life. God, I believe that you can take me to the next level. God, I believe that you have more for my family, more for my career. You have more for me in this time that I'm here on earth. I'm believing for more. But if you're believing for more, it's going to require seasons of change. It's a basic of God that he works through seasons. I looked at a few different things in scripture many times. Even the way that we operate in, in in our earth Scripture says, hey, do you want to have a harvest? We see God literally made the earth. Hey, do you want to have a harvest? Do you want to have things be made new? What do you have to do? Break up the ground a harvester has to first tend the soil and break it up and make it ready to receive growth. And so he put that into our ground. Another thing we see in scripture is all throughout scripture, when God was going to use somebody, he would say, Hey, I want to use you. I want to bless you. But he would call them to maybe a new place or a new land or a new people all throughout scripture. God used change to advance people. We also see that many times scripture, God would say, Hey, I want to make new wine out of you. You'll read throughout scripture. I want to do a new thing in your life. And it comes through seasons of change. We also saw, that Jesus many times as he was talking to religious leaders or other people. He would say, hey, I know that you've heard it this way, but I'm saying it to you this way. I want you to change the way you think. I want you to think about it this way. I know you think the kingdom of God is like this, but change your mind because it's actually like this. Are you with me today? Change is how God works. He changes us. He grows us by changing us. All throughout scripture, we see he would do things like, hey, I'm calling you to get out of the boat, big change. Walk on water. Humans don't walk on water. Or, hey, I know you fished all day, but I'm actually going to have you to toss the net that way. I'm going to have you do it differently because God works throughout change. Now, what's important for us to understand is our seasons. If God works in seasons, if God works through change, then it's pretty important for us to understand the seasons that we're in. I wrote it down this way. You must define your season so that you can determine its rhythm. God has a cadence, a tempo, a rhythm, a a thing that he wants you to be in. And if we're living so busy, so distracted, maybe we're so full of offense, we're so full of bitterness, we're going to miss the season that God has for us. Am I telling the truth today? You think, man, I I just can't believe I missed it. How did I miss it? God had this for me and I didn't even see that God had this for me. How did I miss it? It's because you got so distracted. You missed the tempo and the cadence and the rhythm and the season that God actually had you in. So we got people who dial in to this change. As a matter of fact, today, the, the entire universe, God's creation will be different tomorrow than it is right now. Do you know that we're ever expanding? Everything is continuing to grow and advance and, and go faster and move. God's design is for us to always be changing and growing in him. Can I get an amen today? And so I wrote it down. I looked up a great quote by George Bernard Shaw. Uh, He's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. He's wrote all kinds of different things. But I love the way that he says this. He says progress. We all want progress. We all want to grow. We all want God to advance us. But he says progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything we got to be a people, if, if we want to do more, if we want God to use us, it's impossible to grow in advance and make progress without change. Write it down this way in your notes, because I know you're taking notes, because we've all learned that if you take notes, you have a better uh, ability to retain. Write, write it down this way. Growth without change is impossible. It's impossible to grow and, and get into the next thing without change. Many of us say, oh, no, you know what? God's blessed me. He's brought me here. He's set me here. I want to just stay right here where I am. God's like, that's not how growth works. Growth without change is impossible. So I brought a couple points with me. I got four points from me. And then we're actually going to hear from Daniel at the end of sermon today. But I got four points that I want us to understand about truth. All of us want to grow. All of us want to advance, but there's some ways that we have to interact with change in order to grow. So point number one is this. You're not going to like this point. It's okay. I don't like it either. Point number one is this. Change is good. Like Say that to yourself softly. Like Change is good. Convince yourself of it. Change is good. Change is a good thing. My daughter's nine years old. And uh, I kind of messed up this week. Um, She was in the kitchen and I was in the other room having a conversation with Jess, who was in another room. I didn't realize Caroline was in the room and we got some changes going on in our life, all good things, but pretty big changes. And so (coughs) she's sitting at the breakfast table and she's sitting there and I'm talking to Jess across the room and I accidentally spilled the beans about a change that she hasn't heard about yet. And she goes, no, she goes, I can't handle any more changes. You know, it's interesting about that. Nine years old, we never taught her to resist change. No, we said, hey, one of our family values here is we hate change. We really hate change. We're going to make sure we don't like change. Isn't it amazing that that actually just grows in us as human beings? This resistance to change. And the reason we don't like change is because we like to be in control. We like to have all the answers. We like to know all of the different things and be in control. And so isn't it interesting that that's just something that automatically grows up in you is this resistance to change. Uh, I thought about it like this. There are some times that we like change, like about 45 minutes from now, when you get home and you go to your closet and you find those sweatpants (laughs) That change is going to be good, right? Get me out of this stuff. Wear those sweatpants. That change we like. Or maybe today you're going to be watching some TV with your wife, fellas. You're going to be watching some HGTV. You're going to be tolerating some Food Network. And then she's going to say those magical words of like, you know what? I'm pretty tired. I'm going to just go off to bed. And you get to change the channel to football. That's a good change for some of the guys here. Parents, those of you that know this, uh, the kids finally get out of the car and you get to change the playlist, the music. You know, I know we're not supposed to talk about Bruno, but we sure sing about him a lot. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, you know, how, so when they, oh, the kids are, oh, finally I can change it. That's a very welcomed change. Uh, I thought about, you know, maybe we have gone to the beach or it happened to us this week. We were out golfing and it was kind of cloudy and a little bit cold. And we were just hoping for the sun to come out. And so we're out there and then finally the clouds broke. And the sun came out and it hit your face and you were like, Yes, that is refreshing change. You're at the beach. It's kind of cold. Finally, the clouds clear. The sun hits you on the beach. You're like, "Ah, yeah. You know, that's how God wants change to feel in your life. We ought to be that way when God brings change into our life instead of resisting and putting up a fight with him. Like the children of Israel resisted all this change and it took them so much longer to step into what God had for them. We got to be a people who say, "Okay, God, I'm sensing this change and I welcome it. Can I get an Amen like a fresh sun, like, oh, okay, this is a good thing. Can I get an amen? The problem with change though, and resisting change is we like things to stay the way they are because we understand them. We're comfortable with them. We have the answers in all of the different things. And so it really comes down to a little bit of like insecurity or maybe pride or ego. And if we keep that in our lives, we'll miss all that God has for us. If we let pride or insecurity be the reason that we don't change, we're going to miss God's best. There's some people who missed out on some big things because they were unwilling to change. In 1876, Western Union missed out on the opportunity to become the largest telephone company. And this was a quote that they said about the telephone. They said, this telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. The device is inherently of no value to us. Phones aren't going to take off. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, Thomas Watson of IBM in 1943 said this I think that there's a world market for maybe five computers, tops. I'm not going to get in on computers because I don't think there's going to be very many. And every single one of us carry a computer in our pocket every single day. They missed out on a big opportunity. Uh, I love this one. While theoretically and technically television may be feasible, commercially and financially, it is an impossibility. No way TVs will ever take off and become a thing. And again, we kind of, to a degree, carry them in our pocket. Uh, the Warner Brothers said this about acting. They were trying to make a decision. Some people were pitching, hey, you know what we should do when we film these movies? We should let people say lines and talk and speak instead of just animating everything out and just kind of, you remember the old movies, Black and White, where they just don't even talk. They went to Warner Brothers and said, we, we want to let people talk. And they, this is their quote from H.M. Warner of the Warner Brothers. He said, who would really want to hear actors talk? Who would want to do that? Uh, the last one right here is pretty interesting. Decca Recording Company in 1962 rejected the Beatles. They missed out on recording the Beatles. They said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. They were resisting uh, change and resisting opportunity and it would come from a place of pride. And so for us, we got to be a people that say, God, what are you doing here? I'm open to change because I know that to grow, I must walk through some levels of change. It's impossible to grow without changing. I wrote it down like this. We must be willing to give up some things, some ways that we think, wrote it down like this. We must give up some of the ways we think to grow. I don't understand it. I don't know how it's gonna work. It's okay. We're gonna give up our prideful thinking in order to grow. Point number two is this. We must desire change. Not only did I tell you that change is a good thing, now I'm over here telling you that you actually must desire change, be a people who desire change. The reason I'm telling you it's important to desire change is because God actually wired you to be a people who desire to be further ahead than you are. Starts all the way back as a child. And let me say it again. God created you with the desire to be further ahead than you currently are. Remember when you're growing up, you just couldn't wait to be 16. Finally, when I turn 16, life is going to be all it's all going to come together. And then when you're 16, you're like, I can't wait to be 18. When I'm 18, I can watch a rated R movie. I'm going to be life will be good. And then when you're 18, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be 21. Uh, And then when I'm 21 and then it's I can't wait because you have this desire to always get further ahead than where you are. Think about your little kids, right? You got your kids and what do they do? They, they go into mama's jewelry box and they put on all her jewelry and they walk around and they try to act grown. And your kids, when they're little, they put on dad's shoes and they stumble around the kitchen and they, they, they try to help you cook and put all these things together. Why? Because there's this desire to be further ahead and advanced than where you are. God put that in you. Can I get an amen? Philippians 1.9 says it this way. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. This is someone who desires to be growing and changing and advancing and and moving forward. It's saying, hey, to walk with the Lord and to grow spiritually is somebody who's saying, God, I don't want to just stay where I am at this level. I want to be a person who continues to grow and advance and move forward. Can I get an amen today? You know, in my life, it's funny. You know, you got your high school buddies who haven't changed at all. 20 years, they're still hanging out at the same places, hanging out with the same people, doing the same old things. How many know that I don't go back to advice from them? Hey, you know what? That person hasn't matured in 20 years. I wonder if they can give me an opinion on something. No, they haven't spiritually matured. They haven't grown. They haven't allowed change. You're not really going to them for counsel. God's desire is for us to be people who grow up spiritually and and also in life. And so uh, how much more so spiritually should we be people who say, I need to grow? I don't want to be that same old person who I was 20 years ago. I want God to grow me. And one of the ways that he does that is through change. I wrote it down this way. Just because somebody grows old doesn't mean they grow up. Just because you've spent a bunch of time on earth doesn't mean that you matured. And same thing spiritually. I got people all the time. They come in and say, pastor, I need to be used by God. I need to be used in ministry. I've been going to church for 20 years. Okay. You grew old in church, but have you grown up? You know what I'm talking about? Well, my family, they were all in ministry and they grew and they did all this kind of stuff. Okay, but, but what about you? How have you grown? And we think, oh, my kids go to Christian school and I got them in Christian school. And so they're going to be spiritually mature. No, no, only if they're allowing themselves to grow. Can I get an amen? So Paul's saying in that, hey, my prayer is that you grow and you abound and you dig deep. And it's impossible to grow without change allowing God to change us. Spiritual growth is a process that we must desire. First Peter two two says it this way. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word as newborn babies so that you may grow by it. One of the ways that God grows us is in his word. We preached about it a lot last week. Do you want to grow spiritually? Do you want to see change in your life? Do you want to see God advance you? You got to be a person of God's word. And so the scripture says, desire God's word so that you may grow by it. I love that it gives us the analogy of a newborn. Check this out. Uh, A newborn, I mean, when a a child is born for the first time, they start out, of course, as a baby. Uh, To my knowledge, nobody has ever given birth. And the nurse comes out and goes, congratulations, here's your 12th grader. (laughs) You have a baby, you have a baby. And then there's a growth process that happens. As a parent, once we were handed a newborn, we said, you know what our responsibility is? is to make sure that we grow and we nurture and we lead our kids through change. They're developing, they're changing. We have to advance them. I mean, you know, as parents, we didn't say, all right, here's our newborn. And we didn't give it car keys and we didn't give it some money and some McDonald's and say, good luck on your life. I said, no, we're going to help you grow and advance, and we're going to be there with you through the changes. That's what this scripture is saying, is saying, hey, it's important that as young newborns in your faith, you're someone who desires the word of God. Why? So that you may grow by it. Uh, I'm going to change this into a way that you don't like it. First Peter 2, 2 says this. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word as newborn babies so that you may change by it. Because remember, we can't grow without change. So desire the word of God so that we might change because God works through change. Can I get an amen today? Amen. If that baby, the newborn baby says, hey, mom, dad, I appreciate that you got me here. I'm one day old today and I appreciate all that you did up to this point, these nine months. I really appreciate that. Um, but I just want to let you know, I don't need you anymore. That sincere milk and you know, all that stuff that you're offering to grow me. I'm good. I know it all. You know, I kind of got everything figured out. I don't need to dig in and and find the truth. I'm going to do me. I'm going to live my own thing. How well would that baby do? It'd become malnourished. It would eventually fall away, wouldn't it? It's so sad that spiritually that's what people do when they get saved. Hey, God, I'm so glad that you birthed me. You made me new. I'm a new creation in you. I'm born. But all this desire your word and accept change and grow. I'm good. I'm just going to stay the way I am. And we got a bunch of malnourished Christians. Are you with me? and and they're missing all that God has for them. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 says this. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. He will also reap. This is the key here. For if he sows to his flesh, he will reap of the flesh corruption. But if he sows of the spirit, he will reap everlasting life of the spirit. And so listen, here's how it's saying it is. Listen, you can't trick God this. You can't mock God. You can't trick God. If you're someone who's resisting change and you're all about you and you don't desire to grow, you're going to reap things of the flesh. But if you're someone who says, no, I I desire, as it's our point, I desire to grow and to, to mature in God, it says you will reap the everlasting life. You can trick me. You can trick the church. You can trick us. No, pastor, I'm growing. I'm doing great. I'm growing and bless God. And I'm so blessed and highly favored, but you can't mock God. We got to be a people. That's why I said who sincerely grow. Can I get amen today? Two more points. Point number three is this. We must contribute to our own spiritual growth. One of the ways that we know that our children are growing up is they begin to produce things for themselves. They can get themselves dressed, they can take their own shower, they can, they can tie their own shoes, they can begin to produce things, contribute things on their own. Uh, one of the ways that they do it is they begin to prepare their own food. We have a nine-year-old, and, of course, she's doing that, and uh, she's making bagels and toast and eggs and all these other things, and it's kind of hard as a parent because, you know, you see them get out the, the jam jar, and they got a piece of bread down there, and they're tipping it totally over, and they're starting to, and I'm like, oh, the whole thing's going to come out of there, you know. Callie, or Caroline, when she was real young, she was really into making eggs. Dad, can we make eggs? She wanted to crack all the eggs. She's like three years old, and uh, she's cracking them, and all the shells are going in them, and I'm going like, oh, my gosh. Oh, honey, you got to shell in there in her famous line. would be like, that's fine. It's no problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm letting you grow. I'm letting you contribute. I'm letting you produce for yourself. How embarrassing would it be? This probably happens in colleges these days, but how embarrassing would it be if you're in college and you sit down at the lunchroom or you sit down at your lunch place and your mom is right behind you. Honey, do you need some salt for that? Do you need me to butter that for you? Would you be? Because somebody has not learned to contribute and develop for themselves. How embarrassing would that be? Well, it's kind of that way spiritually in the American church. Everybody needs pastor to do everything for them. Oh, pastor, I need a word. Can you get me a word? Oh, I need the worship team to inspire me and lead some songs and make me feel better about myself. If we're growing up spiritually, we got to be people who learn to make some things on our own. That's why we should be worshiping on our own. That's why we should do our read-through-the-Bible-in-a-year plan on our own. That's why we should be going in a small group and connecting and encouraging one another. Can I get an amen today? Because we've got to learn as we grow up, as we change, as we grow up. We've got to learn to contribute on our own. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 actually tells us why it's important to begin to desire and grow in the things of God. It helps us in life. Check it out in Hebrews five thirteen. It says, For everyone who partakes of, only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a baby, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The scripture is saying you move on past a little bit of milk. You start getting in to the scripture says this, the, the bigger things you get into these bigger things here. And, and here's what it does for you. Read the last part. Here's why we got to learn to grow and develop, because it helps us distinguish good from evil. Why do we eat food in our real world? Why do do you eat food? And everybody would say, well, we eat food so that I can be nourished. Well, why do you want to be nourished? So that I can go about my daily life and be successful and accomplish things. It's the same thing spiritually. We got to be a people who consume and, and put into ourselves so that you can, the scripture says, navigate through good and evil. Can I get an amen today? My last point is this change is for our protection. Why is God allowing me to walk through this? Is he trying to take me out? No, he's actually trying to protect you. Many of you, your testimony would be you went through an intense season of change. And when you got on the other side of that change, you said, oh, I'm so glad God brought me through that because he actually spared me from that over there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? changes for our protection. Matthew chapter 9 verse 16 says it this way. It says no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do the skin will burst, the wine will run out and the wineskin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Here's why change is for your protection. Because if God poured all the new out in your old, both would be lost. We would miss it. The scriptures saying you got to allow God to change you and make you new and adjust you and grow you, because then when he does this new thing in you, you'll be preserved and you'll be protected. Can I get an amen today? And so it's important for us to say, okay, God, I, I don't love change. And I don't feel like I'm in control, and I feel like things are spiraling, but I trust you through change because I trust you that in this change, when you do a new thing, it's to preserve me. Can I get an amen? We used to say to our youth group all the time, what are you willing to give up, to go up? What are some of the things that you have to say? Like Paul says, I forget the former things. I let go of the things here, and I reach forward to the things that you have ahead for me. You can't grab a hold of the things that are ahead of you if your hand is full of the past. What are these things that I got to lay down over here so I can get all of the new that God has for me? What are you willing to give up to go up? And anytime you've ever given something up for God, he always replaces it with something greater, doesn't he? I got a couple thoughts. I'll close with this. Uh, I got a couple thoughts here. Uh, I loved these quotes. They were encouraging to me. I love this one. It says the secret of change is to focus your energy not on fighting the old, but building the new. That's the mistake the children of Israel made. They said, no, we think it should be this way. And we think it should be this. And they kept having to go around and go around because they were more caught up in the old instead of accepting the new. So we got to be a people say, so God, I trust you in the change. I wrote it down like this: your life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by change. So many people hoping and wishing all day. Is this the day that God makes my life miraculous? Or we say, God, change me, use me, develop me. It's not going to come by chance. It's going to become by allowing Him to change us. And then lastly, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Okay, God, in this season, I'm open to your challenge. I'm open to what you have for me. Is it going to require faith? Yeah. Is it going to scare me? Yeah. But it's going to change me into what you have for me. Can I get amen? I'm going to ask Daniel to come up here real quick. Let's give it up for Daniel, our worship leader. daniel and i've been talking recently the last couple months and um i'm gonna let him share he's got some change happening in his life and um, we're gonna share it with you i'm excited for you to hear it
1: all right you guys are all guessing you're trying to think what the change might be well i'm going blonde next week so um what do you think what do you think is a good good color good choice for me no, that's not it. Uh, no, actually, uh, one of the changes that I'd like to share with you all that I'm really excited to share is uh, first of all, this is my wife, Alejandra. If you could just wave at everybody. And uh, let's give it up for her. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be almost two years since we uh, tied the knot. And um, about four weeks ago, we just found out we we're expecting a baby. And so that's the change first that I'd like to share with you all. <clears throat> So all your gift cards can come straight to us? At, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but the uh, second change is that we're, uh, we've are we been praying throughout the last several months and just asking the Lord what he might be doing with us moving forward. And uh, I've lived in Michigan all my life. Alejandra's from Colombia, the, the country of Colombia. And, um, and, you know, one of the things that we've been just asking the Lord is just like, Lord, where, where are you leading us next? And both of us just started feeling and sensing this sense of you know, just moving forward, like a discomfort, just like okay, God, you're you're doing something in us. And um, as we prayed and continued to pray, we we first felt like you know it's really important for us to go back and visit family. Alejandra hasn't seen her family in about two years since she came, and um, so we're going to be doing that <clears throat> uh, immediately. November first, we're heading out to Colombia, and we're going to be there for a few months. So that's one change. The other change is that after that, uh, we're just praying that the Lord would lead us for forward and further into our uh, call. On to our mission that God is calling us into. So what that looks like is we're not going to be coming back to Michigan. Uh, we love the winter here; it's so great. But uh, I think we're, we're going to be, you know, moving forward beyond uh, Michigan. And so what that looks like for us is just. It's a season of giving God thanks for uh, the last two years that we've been here about. Um, I started, I think I led worship for the first time uh, about two and a half years ago. And after the pandemic and everything happened, all those changes, uh, the Lord really set it on my heart that he was calling me to this place. And so I'm just so thankful for that. Thankful for the season that I've been able to enjoy with you all. I hope we've been a blessing. And I know you guys have been a blessing to us. Uh, Beyond that, we're just excited. Because God's uh, good in the way He leads us, He uh, leads us in in ways that sometimes challenge us, and this is a uh, probably one of those seasons for us. He's He's kind of like when when Abraham. Do you guys remember that story of Abraham? <clears throat> you know, father Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the you know the, the story is <clears throat> when He called Abraham out uh, in faith. Uh, He called them out and he said, uh, go to the land, I will show you. Sometimes if you're like me, you like to know the land before you make the change. Sometimes you like to know the destination, right? And, And then, you know, and then even that tell God. It was like, well, God, I don't know. I mean, are you going to have it this way for me or not? Um, the reality is sometimes God challenges us and he says, go to the land. I will show you. And so we're moving in that sort of step with the Lord. And so just pray for us. Be praying for us that we would hear his voice very clearly, that we would be able to understand his leading. One of the things I'm going to be doing when I go to Columbia is I'll be continuing my pastoral studies um, online. And the other thing I'll be doing is finishing an album, music album that I've been working on for some time. So yeah. Just be praying for us. We love you guys. We, we, we'll be praying for you as well. And I think there's a little bit of a plan to come back once a year maybe at least and uh, visit you all as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Give it up to Daniel and Alejandra. Thank you. Yep, um, yeah, we're excited to have them back every January. <laughs> um, but I'll say this about Daniel. You know, he mentioned like through pandemic and, you know, that he said, oh, we'll help temporarily and we'll get you guys restarted. And, and then we ended up making just such a great relationship and stayed together. And he's built such a healthy worship team. We're in such a great position going forward that we don't have to rush and urgently, urgently you know, make a decision and find somebody. We get to really kind of court people and see who the Lord has for us. But I want to say this about Daniel is uh, when I started to get to know him a little bit more he'll come in my office and we'll have great talks and he helps me with sermon series and we talk about different things going on in the world. And as I got to know him more, I was like, you know, Daniel, um, he's not just a worship leader. You know, I I started to tell him, I know this is a weird way to say it, but I don't know how to say it different. But, and I started to tell him, I said, Daniel, man, like, bro, you, you really got some pastoral bones there like there's really more in you than music because he's so talented and unbelievable at, at music and leading people. He could do that for the rest of his life and do just fine. And, and, um, but the, the, the ministry call on his life is really there. And so I'm grateful that he's taken a step out of the boat and trusting God for what is next for all of them and, uh, and, and their family. And so just really proud, you know, cause there are so many people that just keep it in cruise control and they just run out the clock in ministry and just go through the motions but someone to be hunger and and have you know in uh a passion to see what God is fully going to use them for is going to be neat. And as he mentioned, he said one time a year, but I told him when we were talking, it's at least two times a year. They're going to be back here leading with us, their family. I don't know where God is going to lead us, but our ministries will be together forever. And um, and it's going to be good stuff. So he's with us through October. They both are, as you heard him say, they're taking off in November. And will be praying for the church as we look for what's next for the church, but also be praying for them. Uh, as far as what's next, um, he's reviving his boy band, I think, in Columbia. They're going to get that record done, and um, they need help with that. So, <laughs> Just kidding. But um, but good stuff on their end, and uh, we'll have time to connect and hang out with them. And, of course, we'll send them with a blessing, so we'll keep you updated on that as well. But uh, good stuff all around. Now, remember, change. Change is good, and we accept change because change grows us into the next level that God has for us, and um, we all want that in our life. Amen. All right. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you're using um, Daniel and Alejandra and also this church and everybody in this church. God, we are saying yes to all the change and all the things that you have for us next in this new season, because we know you work in seasons and Lord help us to identify them and define them. We want to know those cadence and those rhythms and those tempos so that we don't miss it. I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen.